p.m. Okay. Um, so I call this meeting in order at 5.03 p.m. Staff, can you please take a roll call? Yes, Commissioner Tanaka is absent. Um, Commissioner Aliotto Pierre? Present. Commissioner Foley? Present. Commissioner Harry Shu. Oh, my bad for I gonna uh, present. Commissioner Osfa? Here. Commissioner Listana? Here. Commissioner Zane? Here. Commissioner Fret? Here. Commissioner Oyagata? Present. Commissioner Pimentel? Present. Commissioner Nguyen? Or Win? Here. Commissioner Shaw? Present. Commissioner Hum? Present. Commissioner Barker Plummer? Present. Uh, Commissioner Katubig? Present. Commissioner Santos? Here. And Commissioner Love? Here. All right. Um, all are present except for Commissioner Tanaka, but you do have quorum. Okay, great. Um, so as was mentioned earlier, um, Commissioner Tanaka is not here. Um, he had a last minute family emergency, I believe. Uh, do we need any discussion on this item? Not seeing much. If you I don't have, have anything to say. Thank you, Arsima. Um, okay, so before we move on, is there any public comment on Commissioner Tanaka's absence? Seeing none, um, do we have any motions to either excuse or unexcuse this absence? Um, motion to excuse Commissioner Tanaka's absence. By oh, this is Commissioner Oswell, by the way. And I second that motion, love. Great. Uh, Commissioner Oswald motions to approve this absence, seconded by Commissioner Love. Uh, staff, can you please take a roll call vote? Yes. Commissioner Aliero Pierre? Aye. Commissioner uh, Foley? Aye. Commissioner Shu? Aye. Commissioner Oswald? Aye. Commissioner Listana? Aye. Commissioner Zhang? Aye. Commissioner Fret? Commissioner Fret? Uh, I'll come back to Commissioner Fret. Commissioner Oyagata? Aye. Commissioner Pimentel? Aye. Commissioner Wynn? Aye. Commissioner Shaw? Aye. Commissioner Hum? Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer? Aye. Commissioner Kutubig? Aye. Commissioner Santos? Aye. Commissioner Love? Aye. And coming back to Commissioner Fret? 
Commissioner Frett, could you hear us? All right. Um, I guess Commissioner Frett might be having some. Nope. Hello. I'm here. I'm oh. sorry. I ran to use the restroom. I'm sorry. It's okay. We are voting on the motion to excuse Commissioner Tanaka's absence. Um, so I would vote aye. Is okay, that great. Yep, that's perfect. Thank you, Commissioner Fret. Um, the motion passes, Commissioner Zane. Thank you. This item has passed. Uh, actually, before we move on to item two, I should have said this before I'm calling the meeting, but I just want to remind everyone um, that we have a few, a few items that will require um, or like encourage discussion. So I really hope to hear everyone's participation during full YC meetings if you are, you are comfortable. Um, and same with like cameras, we do do like a dealer's choice if you wanna have your camera on, but if you do want to turn it on, it would bring us all to the same screen. I don't know, it feels nice, um, but no pressure at all. And Again, just want to hear everyone's voice. Okay, that being said, um, staff, can you please call item two? Yes, item number two is approval of the agenda. This is an action item. Okay, commissioners, take this time to look over today's agenda. Um, the first reminder I want to give is just to schedule meetings on the agenda. Please connect with staff or any member of exec. Um, and also the agenda is always in the weekly internal or the weekly update emails. So the expectation is to read these beforehand and come prepared for the presentations, the legislation referred and anything else. Um, while you all take a look at the agenda, I'm gonna call public comment. Is there any public comment on this item for the agenda? Seeing none, public comment is now closed. Is there a motion on the table to approve the agenda? Elliot up here, motion to approve the agenda. Walker Plummer, second. Commissioner Elliot up here, motions to approve the agenda, seconded by Commissioner Barker Plummer. We can take a vote on the approval of the agenda. Staff, can you please take a roll call vote? Yes, uh, Commissioner Elliot up here. Aye. Commissioner Foley? Aye. Commissioner Shu. Aye. Commissioner Osfab? Aye. Commissioner Listana? Aye. Commissioner Zhang? Aye. Commissioner Fret? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Oyagata? Aye. Commissioner Pimentel? Aye. Commissioner uh, Wynn? Aye. Commissioner Shaw? Aye. Commissioner Hum? Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Katubing? Aye. Commissioner Santos? Aye. And Commissioner Love? Aye. Alrighty, the motion passes. Fantastic. Staff, can you please call item three? 
Yes, item number three is approval of the minutes. This is an action item. Please see document A for the October 4th, 2021 minutes. So again, same here. Um, the expectation is that we look over these prior to our meeting. Um, they're in the weekly internal or email updates. Uh, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Sorry, I was muted. Um, seeing no public comment, public comment is now closed. Um, is there any motion on this item? Commissioner Love, motion to approve the item. Um, I heard Commissioner Love motions to approve um, the minutes from the October 4th meeting seconded by Commissioner Listana. Uh, staff, can you please take a roll call vote? I was muted, I'm sorry. Um, yes, uh, beginning with Commissioner Alioto Pierre. Aye. Commissioner Foley. Aye. Commissioner Shu. Aye. Commissioner Ospov. Aye. Commissioner Listana. Aye. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. Commissioner Fret. Aye. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner Wynn. Aye. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Katubig. Aye. Commissioner Santos. Aye. And Commissioner Love. Aye. Alrighty, the motion passes. Great, staff, can you please call item four? Yes, item four is public comment on items that are not on the agenda. This is a reminder to the public that you have two minutes per public comment. Commissioner Zhang, I do see three uh, numbers that are in the queue. Um, if you are here to give public comment on items that are not on the agenda, you can go ahead and unmute yourself beginning with uh, the phone number that ends in 186. Otherwise, I will unmute you. I'm just gonna unmute them to see what they're gonna get public comment on. Uh, hello, um, I think I'm gonna be commenting on the seamless Bay Area um, thing, not this, but thank okay. you. Great, thank you. Um, caller ending in 924. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, perfect. Hi, um, everyone. Thank you so much for your time. Um, my name is Tiffany Wang, and I'm a health educator at Nikos Chinese Health Coalition. Um, I'm joined today by my colleague, Leah Yu, who I'll let introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Leah. I am a health educator at Nikos as well. 
Okay. Yeah. So today um, we will be sharing about one of our projects called Got Game, which stands for Going Overtime Gaming and Media Use Education. Um, our project Got Game aims to raise awareness of and prevent problematic video gaming and screen use. Um, among youth. And so um, we just wanted to share a little bit today about the services we provide. Um, and so we provide bilingual services in both English and Chinese. Um, today, we're just going to give a quick overview about the two free educational workshops that we provide, one that targets parents and caregivers and one that targets youth of all ages. Um, we also provide consultation and referral to community-based mental health services, as well as resources for families um, that can facilitate communication about limiting gaming and screen use. And so I'll pass it on to Leah, um, and she's going to share about our parent-focused workshops. Um, so for our parent workshops, um, so recently most of our parent workshops are conducted in Cantonese, but we're also open to um, conduct it in English. So in our workshops, we talk about guidelines and recommendations for screen use. We teach parents on how to use the family media use plan. So basically, the media use plan is a plan where you know care, um, caregivers can work with their children on creating limits on gaming and screen use. And we also discuss about screen use and effects of the brain. And lastly, we end our presentation by explaining um, why age matters when it comes to gaming and um, screen use. And now I will pass it over to um, Tiffany to talk about the youth curriculum. Thanks, Leah. Um, our youth workshop uh, can be tailored to youth of different ages, including elementary, middle, and high school youth. Um, in the past, we have presented to students within SFUSD, uh, their health education classes, as well as community-based youth organizations, including uh, the SF Youth Commission. And so um, we give some tips to youth. We encourage them to use screens in moderation, to set personal time limits, and to explore how gaming and screens impact their mental and physical health. And so um, we just hope that um, you all can help us spread the word about our youth and youth and parent workshops um, to groups who you think may benefit from learning more about how to use video games and screens safely and responsibly. Um, and so if you have any questions or presentation opportunities, you can feel free to contact me or Leah um, by email or phone. We would be so happy to connect with you. Um, my email is Tiffany Wang, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-W-A-N-G at Nikos. CHC.org, N-I-C-O-S-C-H-C.org, um, and Keely and itself have my contact info as well. Um, and so, yeah, uh, we would be so happy to connect with you. And thank you again, uh, everyone, for your time and the opportunity to speak at your meeting. Thank you so much, Tiffany and Leah. Um, appreciate your public comment. Um, is there any further public comment? I believe that's it for this item. Okay, seeing no more public comment, public comment is now closed. Staff, can you please call item five? Yes, item number five is presentations. All items to follow are discussion and possible action. Um, Commissioner Zhang, we did have a request from uh, the presenter uh, for item 5B. They asked if they could go first. So if that's okay with you, I will be calling that one first. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, perfect. Um, so calling it out of order, uh, item 5B is inform and decision. This is employ and empower program, E plus E. And as a presenter, we have Zira, or Hira Zahir, I'm so sorry, program manager uh, for Three Strands Global Foundation. 
Welcome. Uh, this is just a reminder to um, the presenter that you have 10 minutes to present um, and to the commissioners, a decision may or may not be taken on this item, but please um, ask questions and participate and you'll have a chance to do so afterwards, I believe. But welcome, Hira. Um, feel free to start. Hira, do you have a presentation slide deck or will you just be speaking? Um, I was going to ask which one do you guys prefer? I have both options. I think a presentation slide deck would be engaging. I will share that. Do I have uh, privileges to share my screen? I believe you should, but if you don't see the share screen at the bottom, um, Kylie, could you make her the co-host? I am good, actually. Oh, okay, great. Also, before I start, I want to thank um, the first presenter for letting me go first. I had a, an emergency meeting thrown onto my schedule, so I apologize also for the fact that I will have to leave early. Forgive me. I am sorry. Um, all right, so start actually with this. So this is Employee Plus Empower. Um, we're Three Strands Global Foundation. We were actually started in uh, 2010 after an incident happened in 2008 up near Sacramento where our um, CEO's really close friend's uh, daughter actually got taken and trafficked and was sold um, in the Bay Area on Craigslist and sexually exploited, unfortunately, about 15 to 20 times a day for about eight days straight. And this is a high school student that we're talking about. Um, so she started this organization as a way to raise awareness initially, and that's where we came in with our um, engagement piece. So she was mobilizing the communities up there and started mobilizing all the different communities around the Bay Area to teach them about trafficking and the fact that it is actually at home and not just a phenomena you see in the movies or that you hear about overseas, and started raising money by creating what was called the Break Free Run. Um, and she was using all that money to donate to different organizations working with youth that were at risk for exploitation or that were already being exploited. Um, from that, we came up with a curriculum called the, um, the Protect Curriculum, which was a California statewide curriculum created by Three Strands, Love Never Fails, and um, the Frederick uh, Douglass Family Initiative to raise awareness and teach it in schools. What ended up happening from that was around the same time in 2016, we were interviewing a lot of the survivors and a lot of the individuals that were at risk. So, you know, youth that had been incarcerated, youth that were at risk for being incarcerated, foster youth, um, anyone that was, you know, potentially homeless or at risk. And we created an employment program after interviewing a lot of them. They're like, hey, we have all these services, but what we don't have is we don't have employment or education services that help us see through with a lot of what's really happening. So we created our E plus E program. And one thing is um, our role is we do intensive case management services for anyone that's at risk for trafficking, as well as, you know, anyone that is potentially uh, has been trafficked. So, uh, you know, there's a term called CSEC, which is, you know, anyone, any child that's been sexually exploited, unfortunately, it is quite common in the Bay Area. So, we started working with individuals that were 16 and older, and we work with collaboration by, you know, working with different partners. So we like to be like the glue to different organizations and work with them in the sense of like, we believe it's a village that, you know, it'll take a village to actually help a lot of the individuals in this, especially I'm a San Francisco native and uh, used to be a park ranger and actually would teach about the history of our city. And a lot of the things that a lot of people don't know is our sister, our uh, city was actually founded on you know, people that have been trafficked, whether it's labor trafficked, whether it's, 
you know, in the sex trade, you name it, you know, we have a lot of, unfortunately, we have a lot of undocumented individuals that are being exploited and not being given the fair rights to live a life that they, you know, deserve in our own city. So we started working with organizations that work with undocumented individuals as well um, to try to get them, you know, residency, but also give them the employment opportunities without them getting exploited. So uh, some of the services that we provide are transportation, child, you know, we find resources for transportation or if the, you know, an individual needs to be transported, I can help with that. We do childcare, we can help purchase professional clothing interview as well as, you know, any workshop or medical clothing that they might need for, let's say if they start doing medical, a medical program. Um, I-9 documents, so uh, identification documents, social security, ID, birth certificate. We can help with mental health referrals, employment prep, and a ton of other stuff. Our services are super individualized, where it's, we believe we should meet the individual where they're at, not, you know, make them, hey, we're in this office, come meet us here. So we'll actually, you know, if they want to text, if they'd rather video call, um, use a phone call, if they want to email, if they want to meet me in person, I'll go where they're at and meet them at a neutral location that actually makes them feel safe. The other thing is, you know, they only need one barrier to qualify, low income, uh, foster youth, survivor, trafficking, you know, if they have a documented disability, if they're homeless, or even if they're undocumented, um, we have one-on-one -on -one support with job development and case management. And we have a wide range of opportunities. One that I actually let um, Itzel know about was uh, right now, we're actually looking for individuals who'd be interested, speaking of the SF Giants, um, working at Oracle Park. I still have a hard time saying that just because I'm used to AT&T Park. Uh, Oracle Park, working concessions and a lot of that, you know, the fun stuff you get to do there, you get to watch games too while you're doing that. And so we do have that opportunity open right now. And the deadline for that is the 22nd. And one thing is we wanted to reach out because, it, you know, the Youth Commission has a wide range of opportunities and, you know, that you guys are able to reach out to other youth individuals. So we wanted to reach out to one, let you know of our services and to see if anyone would be interested in wanting to work at AT&T or sorry, Oracle Park. Uh, still having a hard time remembering the new name. But yeah, so that is three strands. Um, and then do you guys have... Would you guys like to have any questions you'd like me to answer? Sorry, I know that was really quick. <laughs> yeah, um, Commissioner Frighten. Thank you. Um, so I think on maybe your second slide, you had said that through engagement, you were trying to mobilize communities to prevent trafficking. I was wondering how that works. I don't know. That just seems cool. Yeah. So one thing we were doing is we were actually going around different schools as well as different communities. Um, and we were educating right now. Our organization is part of the San Francisco Coalition Against Human Trafficking. So we've been putting on different workshops. We've been going and trying to expand into San Francisco and teaching about, you know, what trafficking looks like, what it is to have a safe relationship in the sense of like, you know, what, what could be considered being groomed, things like that. So when we started it, we were doing a lot of that, but we were reaching out to different organizations, different partners in the, the communities up in Sacramento and the Bay Area, and just teaching, um, you know, at community events and such. Has question. That, oh, yeah, no, I was, um, has that like, does that actually prevent the rates of trafficking? How do you 
Yeah. So if you're actually teaching individuals and the youth what the signs are, it does help with preventing it because the big thing is a lot of, especially during COVID time, it's increased tenfold because of social media. So you don't know who you're actually speaking to when you're, you know, talking on social media and stuff, you know, you could be talking to a complete stranger that might be like a lot older than they really are. So we learned that, you know, we've, we've seen that when we teach people as well as we get them engaged, you know, for example, if you're a foster youth or if you're a youth that's low income, and you're engaged in terms of um, employment or education opportunities, and someone is helping you see those through, you're less likely to actually fall into a trap of trafficking than you would be if no one is actually seeing things through with you. Um, and that's the one thing that we learned. So it did decrease numbers by a, you know five times than what in communities where there isn't this uh, you know engagement happening. That's pretty cool. Could I ask one more just because Thank you. Sorry. Um, what, what is the definition of trafficking? Because maybe I don't know. And maybe I'm looking at this maybe out of context. And I want to. So the it depends on who you ask, but the definition of trafficking is any individual that is being exploited. Um, and in the sense of whether it's labor trafficking. So if you're being paid under the table in the sense and not being given the rights that you need, or if you're being sexually exploited and you may not even realize it. There's a lot of different ways that it can be done. So like, you know, the, the problem is with sexual trafficking, it's really hard to tell if so, you know, it, someone has to actually realize they're being sexually trafficked because a lot of times you might have a family member or someone that's in a relationship that may be abusing the individual and they don't even realize it. it's like, no, 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 they love me, they love me. And so they mess with you psychologically. But with labor trafficking, it's the same thing. You might hear about people who've had their passports taken away, their documents or they're brought over illegally. And then they're thrown into these jobs where they can't leave and they're being paid a lot less than they you know, should be. Oh, I've got a lot more questions. <laughs> That's helpful. Thank you. I appreciate it. There are different different uh, definitions depending on who you ask, but the official definition is an individual that's exploited and not being given their rights and being treated like a human in that sense. So it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. Oh, it could be labor. So for example, sometimes restaurant workers are a big one um, that fall into it. You might see individuals that might be, you know, driving cabs and stuff that might not be here like legally and they're, they have no chance of actually getting a real job because their papers have been taken. I'll let Adriana decide who goes next. Sorry, go ahead, Sarah. No, I'm done. Sorry, I'll let someone else speak. Great. Um, I'll just we just go in the order of um, when y'all raised hands. So Commissioner Lynn, and then Love, and then Barker. Yeah, um, you mentioned being the glue between different partners. I was wondering if you could expand on what that means or like how that works. So a lot of times when a lot of times when you have an individual that is um, seeking services with different service providers, they'll have a bunch of case managers in different organizations, but all of them are not working together. Um, there's this thing where people think that if you have a new organization that comes in or, if, or different, there's different organizations working with an individual that they're going to take, like they're going to take away their grant money or something's going to happen that's going to affect the organization. It's something I learned that's happening a lot in the Bay Area. So what I mean by that is we collaborate. So let's say if someone is working with CPS or Child Protective Services and they refer them over for employment assistance with us, but then they are they also tell us that this individual may need assistance with housing. We'll reach over to another agency that works with housing that's specific for that and then we'll work with that individual the entire time so we'll make sure that every single individual that's working with that person 
is on the same page and connected so that they have a full team of supports. Commissioner Long. Hi. Um, what are some of the ways that you get people to recognize that they are in this situation or, and also what are some of the tips like to find out if you are in this situation? Um, so that is a pretty in-depth question, but we do, we teach a curriculum in schools that we um, will have, you know, we'll, we'll train teachers and individuals and we'll teach them how to recognize the signs. Um, the signs are really hard, uh, but if you feel a lot of times when we ask, you know, we'll ask individuals in the curriculum, like, you know, what is a safe, we'll teach them what's a safe relationship, the idea of consent, if it's children, like, you know, like, do you feel safe with this individual? Do you feel like you, you know, can talk to them about things? Um, but also, you know, are they asking for things that you, they should not be asking for? Like, for example, if you have someone that's treating you very kindly, but then all of a sudden they start asking you to do things that you don't feel comfortable with, learning how to say no. Um, those are just some basic things, but there's a lot more in depth that we can definitely share. We have curriculum that we share and we have workshops as well that we will teach, um, you know, K through 12 is what we teach. Uh, in addition to what I run, which is the education and employment, uh, empower program. Thank you. I hope that answers your question. I'm sorry. Thank you so much. Commissioner Barker, thank you. Um, I'm wondering how people are referred to your services. Is it through self-identification? Are adults able to, you know, say to you, this child is in need of support? Um, what does that look like? Um, so we've had individual self-refer. We also have organizations that can refer individuals over. So at the end of my presentation, there was a referral form. I have no problem sharing that referral form. If you guys wanted to share it with anyone, um, the thing is, you know, whoever fills it out, you also have to make sure that the person that it's being filled out for does want to seek the services. So we can try to reach out to them and see if they're interested. If they're not, we'll let the, you know, the person who is referring them over the agency or if they self-refer, you know, if they self-refer and then we seek them out and they're like, yeah, actually, no, we don't want your services. That's totally fine. Um, but yeah, it's, you just fill out the referral form and you can send it over. Great. Um, Commissioner Oyega. Hi. Uh, I just had a quick question about your ask. You, you wanted to have the Youth Commission spread the word, and I think this is a great organization. I haven't, I actually have not heard of uh, an organization like yours, so I appreciate you presenting today. In what way, how, how do you uh, picture the Youth Commission spreading the word? Would like a post on social media or a newsletter help? or what are different ways whatever you feel comfortable with that's the big thing because for us you know one thing we've learned is in the past 10 years uh trafficking has gotten worse in san francisco our city was built on this unfortunately as i said like i was a park ranger i used to teach about this stuff which is really it's it's heartbreaking um to do that at garadelli square you know um the it's up to you guys honestly it was more so i wanted to present to you guys just to let you guys know that hey we exist and if there's a way for us to help anyone that you know or if you have any ideas of where you guys might you know want us to go because you guys are the youth that are run, you know that are in charge at the moment so you would have a better idea than any of the adults um do because you know i as an adult i only know what other adults think 
my sister just, you know, graduated from high school and the way, you know, your guys' generation thinks is very different than ours. So I wanted to hear what you got, you know, your ideas about this, which is why I wanted to present to you guys in the first place. Okay, so um, it sounds like the commission can share the job opportunity on our social media and to individual commissioners, feel free. Um, well, you're encouraged to share with your networks. Um, yeah, but Kira, please let us know if you have other asks. Um, but Commissioner Katibing, thank you. Um, so my first question is, you mentioned schools that you present and work with like teachers on a curriculum. Uh, do these include like high schools, both public and private? Yeah, so um, we've been working with schools all over the Bay Area. San Francisco has been a harder one to get into, especially because of the way the COVID situation has been and the fact that we already have what's called the San Francisco Mayor's Human Trafficking Task Force. Um, but what we normally do is we go, we educate like either a teacher or some service provider. So let's say usually it's like a wellness teacher or whatnot, or someone that teaches health ed in their class. And then they can actually teach the curriculum through a K through 12, so high school especially is one of the more important ones because a lot of the individuals who end up having, you know, get fall into some sort of trap of either, you know, being exploited or also might end up being a foster youth or be homeless are usually, you know, are usually high schoolers more than anything else. Those are a lot of the individuals I've been working with personally are high schoolers that have been taken out of schools and things like that. Um, the curriculum itself can be, you know, is, is taught in high schools. We're just trying to get San Francisco to understand that, hey, you know, we're, we're part of the task force. So we're trying to expand, literally have been in San Francisco for less than three months is when this program has been here. I'm from here and this is the first time there's a program like this here. So um, slowly and surely it'll be in all the schools is what my hope is so that everyone can recognize these signs. Thank you. And then my last question is, um, is one of the responsibilities or if like any of your... Um, high schoolers want you to com confront some of the some of their if any their traffickers would you does the program ever confront them and like how does how is that situation like resolved so I'm actually I work directly with the Department of Homeland Security's anti-trafficking team they're not ICE I want to just put that out there because everyone hears you know Homeland Security and they think people being detained in cages and all of that, which I could not personally work with because I think that is a form of human trafficking. The team that I work with also agrees that that is not, you know, that's not the way to go. They're actually a trauma-informed care team. What they do is they will, if someone is wanting to confront their human trafficker or actually put them away, they will help that person and keep them secure and safe. They'll interview them and ask them what they want to do. If the individual, let's say, is even undocumented, they're like, yeah, no, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go after this person because I'm afraid that something's going to happen to my family or whatnot. They will respect everything, but what they'll do is they'll keep an eye on whoever the trafficker is to see if there's some way to get the person to then save the individual. If the person's undocumented, what they do is they actually help the individual get a visa or get them residency in the United States as well and help them. And then we can help them with employment. There's a bunch of different ways that they go about this. So I do have a special task force team I can use that is a federal government team, which is kind of cool on speed dial. Thank you. Commissioner Becker. Um, I'm just wondering what does funding of three strands look like? Is it entirely private or does um, 
you know, the city or the state help fund this, your organization? Um, so we're in a bunch of different states now, but in California, our funding, it varies from city to city. And so we do have some federal uh, and city funding up in Sacramento area. In San Francisco, a lot of it is private funding because we know that a lot of the nonprofits out in San Francisco um, are being funded by the city and we don't want to step on anyone's toes or take anyone's funding from them. So that is not our, that is not what we're here for. We're here to collaborate. So we're literally looking for, we look for private funders just because it's a lot easier to get grants that way. So we're that people are more willing to collaborate on this front. And because we're part of the San Francisco Coalition Against Human Trafficking, um, that in itself changes the way that we can get funding. So it's a completely different type of funding that we also get than let's say like DCYF or something like that. So. Um, but as of now, it's a lot of public, or sorry, private funding with some public funding depending on the city. Great. Oh, Commissioner Foley. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Zhang. I would like to ask, say a human trafficker of some sort has legal control over the person being trafficked. In that scenario, what exactly would happen to the person being trafficked? I understand that if the person has legal guardianship, it understandably wouldn't work the same way in confrontation, correct? I might so, be wrong, of course. No, so it's interesting that you bring that up because I actually have two different individuals I work with. One is, um, you know, there was a legal guardianship situation and after filing a ton of different neglect and abandonment reports with CPS, they were finally taken by CPS and put under CPS guardianship. Uh, because they were being exploited sexually by uh, a guardian who was actually fa a family member. Um, so we were able to recover them and they are now learning how to live on, you know, live as an adult in the sense where, or live as a teenager on their own, but we're, you know, they're being provided resources, housing and things like that. So it's, it, it varies situation to situation because I also have another individual that's undocumented, that's terrified because the person that has like, has legal control of their situation is a very affluent person from the country that this individual is from. So, and they were trafficked over into the United States. They had all their documents, they kept them, let it expire and now they're stuck here. So we're working with them to try to fix the situation because there is a bunch of definitions and legal protections under the United States government. Um, one is called TCVAP, where if you are a victim of trafficking of any kind, a, you know, a crime of trafficking, you, are, you can be guaranteed refugee status or a U or T visa. So we're working with this individual, but the problem is the individual can't go after their trafficker because they're terrified that because of the, you know, just one, the legal protections this person has, and the fact that they're affluent in the other country, this individual fears that they'll go after the family. So we're, it's a very delicate situation, but we're working with them to first get them established here and then slowly figure out a way to protect the family and then we'll go after, they'll go after the trafficker then. So it, it varies situation to situation. Understood, thank you so much. Pleasure. Also, I wanna apologize, this is, I didn't, it, I also didn't think this would take long, so I apologize to the other presenter. No, thank you so much for your presentation. Um, I just have one question, like how is confidentiality like within your program? Like if you guys notice something really urgent, are you allowed to contact the parents of the youth even if they like request for you not to? 
But where are California state mandated reporters, similar to what all of your high school teachers and all of the educators are, what that means is if we see something that's happening, we are mandated by the state not to report it to your parents, but to report it to the state itself. So if we see something happening, we are mandated, unfortunately. But if it's a confidentiality situation where it's like, you know, there might be something going on and you don't want your parents to know we don't have to report it to your parents, but when it comes down to it and there's harm involved or potentially that the individual may be being trafficked or that there might be some domestic violence happening or anything along those lines in the family, we are mandated by the state to report that. Um, we do. I work with individuals who don't want anything. They don't want their parents or anyone to know what's going on, which is, you know, that's totally fine because sometimes it happens that maybe it's their family that's actually causing them the harm. So it, it varies situation by situation. It is, it is literally that. So if we're working with someone that says, we don't want, I don't want my parents to know this is going on and your, the parents are not involved, we don't have to say anything. Thank you. Of course. Are there any further questions from commissioners? Okay, um, seeing none, that wraps up this item. Thank you so much, Kira, for presenting. Um, we learned so much. Um, and because we will not require a motion on this item, um, we can move on to the next. So staff, can you call item six? Thank you again for presenting. Yes, item Actually, um, Commissioner Zhang, we still have one more presentation. Sorry. Under <laughs> yes. Please call uh, item 5A. Yeah, so item 5A is inform and decision. This is for seamless transit, uh, fair integration in the Bay Area. As a presenter, we have Adina Levin, the seamless Bay Area director. And Adina, whenever you're ready, um, you are able to present. Okay, uh, great. So should I be um, presenting from uh, my screen, which I can certainly do, or is it um the um will, will it be that will the slides be shown from your side uh it would be great if you could present on your on your I end can, no, I, can, I can certainly do that um hang on for just a quick second um let me get that to be um showing up so um Uh, all right, that should work. Um, so um, now that this is here, um, uh, uh, first of all, so my name is Adina Levin. I am the advocacy director with Seamless Bay Area, and um, we are a nonprofit organization with a mission to transform the Bay Area's fragmented public transportation system into a world-class, unified, equitable, widely used system by building a diverse movement for change and promoting policy reforms. Um, and um, so uh, what, and our vision of a seamless, sustainable rider-focused transportation includes coordinated fares, schedules, uh, uh, branding, uh, service, faster, more frequent and reliable transit service that's supported by new funding 
and the policy reforms in order to bring about a coordinated system. And um, I believe it was last year that the Youth Commission um, signed on to the seamless transit principles. Um, that is a campaign that we have organized um, to support, to elevate the broad support for a seamless public transportation system. There are about 70 organizations around the region that are supporting the seamless transit principles, including the Youth Commission. And what I'm really excited to do this evening is to tell you about the first major opportunity to take action um, in support of the seamless transit principles. The, the, the principles are just that, a set of principles, including running all Bay Area transit as one easy-to-use system, making fares convenient and affordable, um, connecting with other um, sustainable transportation. And so, um, but it, but those, those principles um, are separate from the individual actions to bring about a seamless transit system. And so this is about the first major action coming forward to bring about a seamless transit system. Um, so um, there is a regional fare coordination and integration study that has been happening uh, going on since 2019. And um, this study is coming forward with a set of recommendations that are um, have the potential to be approved in the next few months and then to go into effect um, starting with the first pieces in 2022. And I can, uh, you know, talk more about the study itself um, in response to questions. Um, so the recommendations from the study that uh, came forward starting this fall are, um, the first is a pilot all agency go anywhere transit path for organizations such as colleges and universities, uh, affordable housing development, uh, nonprofits. So when the, the woman in the previous presentation said we provide uh, transportation, this is something that could help people with opportunities for transportation, employers, and so on. Um, and this is a pilot that can start next year in 2022. And then the second near-term recommendation is to have free agency-to-agency -agency transfers and that could be a local agency to a local agency like SFMTA to SAMTRANS, um, or it can be local to regional like SFMTA to uh, BART. And, um, you know, this is um, something that is, um, the, the lack of this makes transit more expensive. And even people that have, for example, a transit pass from their school, those transit passes typically work either only for one agency or only for one agency, but really limited access to any other agencies. And so th these are things that provide uh, a much more mobility. Um, the study also uh, uh, looked at uh, several options for even more integrated fares beyond that. And those include standardizing the regional fares, making Caltrain and BART and the Transbay bus and the ferry to be the same price. Um, and even more fully integrated fares. Let me talk a little bit about the um, broad benefits and then about things that this group um, can potentially do in support if this group is in agreement. Um, so one of the things that the study showed is in terms of uh, uh, climate change is that 
the um, the free transfers would reduce as much uh, driving miles as Caltrain electrification. And the um, options for the more fully integrated fares would reduce driving by four times Caltrain electrification. This is a major project that's really famous for the ability to reduce driving and pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. And so this is um, would be very effective for the climate goals. Um, the other thing that is exciting is the study indicated that integrated fares is something that's a really effective strategy to increase transit ridership. You know, transit ridership is really down because of COVID. And um, this is one of the most um, cost-effective things that can possibly be done to increase transit ridership. So by doing the free transfers that would generate uh, over 25,000 trips per day, that's like the 22 Fillmore, and the standardizing regional fares or fully integrated fares would generate um, 68,000 to 86,000 trips per day. That's like adding another uh, pre-COVID Caltrain or like adding like Montgomery plus Powell station BART. So it's a lot of uh, additional transit riders and um, all much more cost effective than many other uh, uh, transit projects that happen. So there are uh, uh, costs associated with them. The short-term costs, there's the potential to uh, use uh, some of the, a, a small slice of federal relief funding, and there's also some other potential funding sources for them. The more deeply integrated fares cost more money. So the study isn't recommending doing them immediately, and we are not recommending them doing them immediately. Um, but they are, because they're so cost-effective and great at increasing transit ridership and making transit more affordable, um, we're recommending that these be retained and continue to study to potentially do when there is a fun funding source for them. Um, with this uh, slide, full in, uh, uh, let me actually skip this unless somebody asks a question. The main point here is that if you go to full fare integration, that allows much easier signage and branding, which has even more benefits. Um, uh, this is, um, so let me talk a little bit about the schedule and then um, what this group can do. So in terms of outcomes in the world, the um, Go Anywhere Transit Path pilot can start next year. The free transfers could happen as soon as 2023 with the next generation of Clipper Card. Um, but the fully integrated fares would require a funding source, um, which we are also uh, working on, on bringing about, but that is, um, would take longer to make happen because of the funding. So now this is about what's going on right now and what this group can uh, help with. So um, just today, um, the study is being supervised by a fare integration task force, which is the general managers of the transit agencies. Um, um, that they are uh, considering adopting a policy direction um, supporting the near term, the, the free transfers and the go anywhere transit path, and then um, keeping continuing to study the longer term options. Um, since September, there have been many transit agency board meetings. In um, uh, October 27th and 28th, MTC is going to consider um, supporting the recommendations and some potential funding sources. And then by December, 
um, we're expecting there to be actions on the study, including selection and funding of pilot projects. Um, and so in terms of then um, what this group can do, there is a joint uh, sign-on letter that is currently signed by 48 different organizations um, that have supported the seamless transit principles and then are taking this next step in supporting making the seamless transit principles real. And so the Youth Commission could choose to sign on to that joint letter. Um, so that is the, the, the easiest thing. And then that letter is sent to the MTC and the transit agencies that will have to make the final decisions. Um, there are also some other steps that this group, uh, uh, people in the group can do, including making public comments at the Metropolitan Transportation Commission and the transit agency boards when it comes back to SFMTA um, or um, other agencies that serve San Francisco, like um, Caltrain and, and Golden Gate. So um, uh, uh, speaking up, uh, the uh, uh, Youth Commission alum, Calvin Crick, just talked, uh, spoke today, gave a great comment at the Fair Integration Task Force today. And then the um, uh, uh, most uh, robust thing that people could choose to do would be to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with uh, people like Supervisor Ronan or Supervisor Walton or Supervisor Melgar who serve on transit agency boards. Um, the voices of people who depend on transit in this process is and has been extremely powerful. Um, there, in, in getting started with this, um, there were stereotypes amongst some transit agencies that people who depend on transit, because people depend on transit have historically mostly used transit for short local trips, that that means that fare integration is not needed. But that's not what we have heard in talking to many, many people and community groups saying that many people have needs for mobility that they uh, can't afford and is not sufficiently convenient or affordable. And so being able to speak up in terms of your voice and the voice of your community is really powerful in helping the agency see that there is a, a need for this and it should be advanced. Um, so with that, I will uh, stop sharing and be happy to uh, take questions. Great, thank you so much for your presentation. Um, Commissioner Barker Palmer. Uh, thank you. Um, for folks who don't know, I'm a big fan of data. So um, I have a data question for you. How was the data like around how much more ridership there would be? How is that collected? Is that just like asking people or, because as far as I'm aware, there was no pilot project that you could sort of measure off of. Is that like what the next step is based on this first thing? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, so the, the next step um, is the pilot and the pilot would be used to assess um, you know, the opportunity to expand the pilot and also to create a transit pass for individuals, um, not only for organizations. And what they used for this is the um, Metropolitan Transportation Commission's regional transit model. This is the same model that they use to analyze all of the projects in Plan Bay area. So like anything from a bus rapid transit project to a, a new transit extension or a station um, they are all analyzed um, in, in this uh, model and it includes an analysis of like all of the individuals and places in the Bay Area. Um, I can't 
get the 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 the, the, the like I, I don't know all the technical details, but this is the model that's used for all the transit planning in the Bay Area. Um, are there uh, other questions? I just asked. Uh, the, uh, um, share the presentation, absolutely. Perfect, thank you. Um, I have a Any quick question. So, um, so I know a lot of your work has been just collectively like transit equity. Um, have you or people from your organization done work targeting um, like these, I guess making transportation specifically more equitable for young people or like what has young people's role in this organization been in the past? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, so we've been working really closely with various different groups of young people around the region. Um, so Youth Leadership Institute, um, which is active in San Mateo County and San Francisco, um, has supported the seamless transit principles and uh, you know, made public comment at boards and done workshops to elevate the needs for seamless transit amongst um, the uh, youth population, in addition to other people that depend on transit. Um, San Francisco State, um, the Associated Students has signed on to seamless transit principles and has extreme, been extremely active and really very powerful in giving public comment. There was a visually disabled student who talked about his needs for travel and, um, you know, who, who spoke to the Caltrain board. And I think it was really helpful in swaying um, some of the board members from Santa Clara County. Um, there is a student leader at Chabot College, which is a community college, um, who is supportive and has made really po powerful public comment. And I'll, I'll stop now because we're running out of time, but those are some examples. Oh, because it's um, question time, we can continue asking questions, but thank you for keeping an eye on that. Are there any further questions? Okay, seeing that there are no further questions um, from the commission, uh, can we take public comment? So I see a public comment with a hand up. Um, but staff, could you please call public comment? Yes, uh, public commenter with the number ending in 186. Um, you may now um, give your two minute public comment. Great. Um, good after, good evening now, commissioners. Uh, my name is Hayden Miller. I live in District 1. And I just wanted to say that this issue is very important for youth. I'm a high school student, uh, for those of you who may not know. And, you know, seamless Bay Area and the seamless principles and just the transfers and ultimately the integrated fare systems would make so much of a difference for me. A lot of times, like on the weekends, I'll, you know, take BART across the Bay and like go see my friends in the East Bay. And it's great that I don't have to pay for Muni now, thanks to Free Muni, which the Youth Commission helped push for. Um, but, you know, when I go to the East Bay, I'm paying a BART fare and then I have to pay again to transfer to AC Transit. And it's a similar thing. I live in District 1, so I live on the west side. So going down the peninsula, I take Muni to BART, then to Caltrain. 
So those fares really add up and it can be uh, just very confusing the wayfinding as well. So I just think this uh, issue of making the Bay Area transit systems more integrated is just important to so many other youth as well. I was talking to somebody last night who attends UC Berkeley and he was telling me um, he's, he tries to get to the city in a rush, um, but because his pass from UC Berkeley only covers the AC transit bus, but not the BART train into San Francisco, he often has to take that and sit in traffic on the Bay Bridge, et cetera, when really, you know, what we want is just having the ability to take the BART train and, you know, get there fast and efficient. And, you know, these different modes shouldn't be costing, you know, different amounts for people. So I think this is a really important issue and especially for youth. Um, and it really aligns with a lot of the values around climate change and reducing VMT, all that. So thank you very much. Thank you, Hanan, for your public comment. Is there any further public comment? Seeing none, uh, public comment is now closed. Um, we can now move into a discussion portion of this item. So commissioners, we can take this time to discuss um, on our own. Just like, feel free to share what you think. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, wait. Now I need to lower my hand. Um, I would just say I'm very supportive of this. I think it's the I most, uh, there are some details I'd love to, to look into about this plan because I don't think 10 minutes totally gives it justice. But, um, you know, I really appreciate the time you took to come and present to us. And, you know, I think that this would do such a lot of good for young people in the city and I would encourage other commissioners to uh, vote in favor of us signing on to this letter. It seems like a pretty broad coalition that's been put together with this, um, which is, I think, really exciting, actually, to see so many people from so many different parts of SF Bay Area politics and just community to come together in favor of this. And I hope um, to see the commission vote in favor of this. Commissioner Hum, go for this. Yeah. Um um, I, I am a student at UC Berkeley, so I totally understand, you know, um, the struggle of switching from different um, transit systems in the Bay Area. So I definitely support this plan. I would definitely have to agree um, with Ewan on this one. Um, this program seems great and just hearing about it uh, sounds so good and the amount of money people could be saving trying to go places and go to jobs and go everywhere would be really great. And I really do think that we could vote in favor of this. I no, I I agree totally that it's a is a really big issue. And um young people don't or haven't really been in these sorts of conversations. For example, briefly last I think it was last week or two weeks ago when there was a opportunity for public comment with the MTA. Um, 
there's not it's not youth friend it's not a youth friendly place where a lot of young people can bring their opinions and stuff i waited for about three hours the whole afternoon trying to get trying to speak on these same issues that we're speaking about right now but the fact that we're having this conversations i appreciate you adina today uh for coming um so i'd say yeah if there's ways we can support um with that Thank you all for the discussion. Is there any further um, comment discussion from Commissioner? Jada and Armadez, y'all both still have hands up if they're intentional. I'm sorry, mine was not intentional. All good. Um, sorry, <laughs> things are moving around. Okay, great. Um, are there any further questions? Comments? Sorry. Great. Seeing none, discussion is now closed. Um, we will move on to motions now. And so, as a reminder, um, from what I heard, the main ask is to sign onto a letter in support of seamless transit. Um, as a reminder to that reminder, um, the Youth Commission has supported equitable transit and seamless transit in the past. Um, a few other asks that I remember hearing were um, to have individual commissioners make public comment at uh, the Metropolitan Transit Board and other transit agencies, and also having individual meetings with supervisors. But um, first, are there any motions on this item, perhaps to sign in support or to not support. Um, Commissioner Love, I motion to sign and support. I second that motion. This is Commissioner Rahum. Great. Uh, Commissioner Love motions to sign onto the letter in support of seamless transit, and that's seconded by Commissioner Hum. Now we can take a vote on this motion. Staff, can you please have a roll call vote? Yes. Um, Commissioner Aliotto Pierre. Aye. Commissioner Foley. Aye. Commissioner Shu. Aye. Commissioner Listana. Aye. Commissioner Zhang. Commissioner Zhang. Aye. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Fret. Aye. Commissioner Oyagata. Aye. Commissioner Pimentel. Aye. Commissioner uh, Wynn. Aye. Commissioner Osfa. Aye. Commissioner Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Hum. Aye. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Aye. Commissioner Katubig. Aye. Commissioner Santos? Aye. And Commissioner Love? Aye. All righty, the motion passes. Great, congrats. Uh, the Youth Commission is now, or has motioned to sign on to the letter in support of seamless transit. Um, and as, it, well, just bringing this up from earlier, um, Adina, you mentioned that there would be a few public, a few public comment opportunities. Um, do you mind sharing that with us? And then perhaps we can have uh, commissioners either go on their own time or agree 
to go? Um, yeah, so I think um, what would be the um, uh, best, um, let, let, me, let me know if this would work to share the information about the specific meetings and times um, through staff that can share it um, with commissioners, including um, the meeting for public comment, as well as the timely opportunities to speak to um, individual supervisors where you know somebody may choose to do that. And then um, the other thing that I will share is um, we've been having um, advocate organizing meetings where we give updates in more detail about what's going on and what the opportunities are. So I can share that organizing meeting through staff as well. And then um, the last thing I will mention about the painful experience of sitting through that SFMCA meeting where it was three hours. One of the things that we do is we have a form. So if you want to speak at a meeting, you sign up on the form and then we will text you or send you an email when the item is up. So you don't need to be actually sitting there through the entire meeting if you do not want to. So we'll be sharing information about those opportunities through staff. Great, thank you so much. That would be really appreciated. Um, and also if you have any public comment materials or um, further information, we would love to take a look. Um, thank you so much, Adina, for the insightful presentation. Um, and we can move on to the next item. Um, well, actually, so the items uh, 6A to B have been tabled for our November 1st full YC meeting. So instead, staff, can you call item 7? <clears throat> yes. Item 7 is committee reports. This is discussion only. <clears throat> Item 7A is executive committee. Item 7AA is LAO. Hello, everyone. Um, for my LAO report, um, there is nothing to report because there was no Board of Supervisors meeting last week. Um, but I will have something next week um, after the meeting tomorrow. Great, thank you, Stephen. Uh, comms? Uh, okay, so I have two updates. Um, so first is that um, we're gonna do Instagram takeovers again this year. So um, each cell made a doodle poll and it'll be shared to everyone later. Um, and also, we are most likely going to have um, an in-person, like, community building movie night in the Youth Commission office. Oh, it's already shared. Okay. Anyways, um, we're also going to have an in-person um, movie night on the 29th at the Youth Commission office. I think it's confirmed. Um, and it's pretty much just going to be, like... Halloween theme. We're gonna just have like a Halloween horror movie night and then also food. Yeah, so it's my update. So just keep out, watch out for those and please do the doodle poll to sign up for which week you wanna do for Instagram takeovers. Yeah. Um, and for clarification is the event um, on the 29th? Yeah, on the 29th. 
Actually, wait. Um, I think it's confirmed it's on the 29th. I need to check again. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Gabby, yeah, it was it is confirmed for the 29th. Um, but we were still trying to decide timing. So if you want to ask your peers what time frame works best for everyone, and also um if everybody would feel comfortable doing an in-person meeting. Because the original idea was to do possibly like a Zoom watch party together but then we were trying <clears throat> we figured that getting everybody food that way would be really difficult and so we came up with the idea of having a movie um <clears throat> in our youth commission office where we would just kind of set up the space to be more like less formal but more gather friendly um it's not mandatory but if you want to meet other commissioners in person um if you want to like watch a movie together um you don't have to stay for the entire time but you can just pop in for a while yeah um yeah so like what times work for everyone just just tell me sometime soon yeah i mean we can figure that out right now because um the the 29th is a friday so i think gabby we were thinking like either four to six or like 5 30 to 7 30 um so I think those those two options or time frames yeah I mean personally any time after four works for me so how about everyone else so if 5 p.m five to seven works for you could you put a thumbs up right now um Kylie I mean if y'all want to wear costumes go ahead I mean, I don't have a costume, so I don't think I'm gonna wear one. But if y'all have costumes and want to wear, I mean, I'm not stopping you. Okay, so eight people voted for five to seven. Everybody else, does that mean that you aren't able to make it? Or, oh, okay, Jada, that makes nine. Yeah, Kylie's Olaf costume is really cute. Um, but okay, we will stick to five to seven. And then if you have movie, we'll just put the movie decision question in the signal group chat. So stay posted for that at RCMA. Thank you, Phil and Gabby. Uh, Amara, I saw that you had your hand up. Um, did you have a question or comment? Yeah, I was just very much ready to get into the movies, but I'm hearing that's going to be in the signal chat, so I do not have anything, but thank you. Okay, fantastic. Um, let's go on to just general executive committee updates. Um, I, I can start, but I think, well, Commissioner Aswa, Arsima, do you want to, if you're available or comfortable right now, um, do you want to help lead the conversation on work group topics? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, I was actually just about to offer because everybody else has things to announce. Um, but okay, before I start, Gabby, girl, you always know I'm down for a Ghibli movie, but not on Halloween night. Like we need to do something scary. Like it's horror. Like come on, but. Um, anyways, 
for our exec committee report last meeting we talked about um we mainly talked a lot about the work groups um and how that would be structured which i know we're also going to talk about today um so i won't um get too much into it but just um something that we brought up was that since it's more flexible than what uh, we know as committees um there is a potential for people to join multiple um work groups you know if you have the time and the capacity and you have that interest um and also that these work groups are really going to be led by us um considering staff's capacity is limited for the time being uh so yeah just emphasizing that this is really what we can what we make of it and the flexibility is on us which is why i sent the thing in the signal chat about um bringing an idea to the meeting uh because since they're not like set in stone, obviously this only works if people are doing what they're interested in. But th those are the main things I remember. Um, if someone else in exec has anything they'd like to add, feel free to, but I think that's it for this report. Okay, great. Um, so, my internet kind of glitched a little bit throughout that, but at this time, um, could we get a quick survey on uh, what topics people would be interested in? Yeah, like creating a work group on. Um, so there was some mention of like the environment, the current committee, so like housing, land use, transportation, uh, transformative justice, what's Yeah, like. Out of those, could do y'all have other ideas or have support for current ideas? I mean, well, I can start. Um, I really want to continue the uh, transformative justice committee's work from last year. Um, so I'll always be down to have that as a work group. Um, yeah, I see y'all for Gabby. Um, and uh, I know this wasn't my idea. I think Nora last year brought it up, but I know that some people were interested in doing an environmental activism, advocacy, you know what I mean, uh, or climate justice one. Um, so that's also can be a potential idea. Commissioners. Yeah, um, I feel like it's it's. I mean, similar to what Arsima said, um, but also I feel like for the when I've been on the commission, I really wanted to do like uh, immigration work, and I think there's a really strong intersection with um, transformative justice. So I think that would be really worthwhile to explore as like a um, a work group topic. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, Commissioner Barker Palmer. I think it would be good if we could keep the working groups to sort of what the committee, like if they could then become the committees, because then it makes it easier to kind of begin working on the stuff that we're going to. Um, so I'm almost thinking that if we could, sorry, I don't know if you can hear the sirens behind me, but apparently there's something happening on 29th Avenue. Um, but to uh, expand kind of where the committees are. I know that we're limited to three committees is my understanding and only when we have actually all the staff that we need. But um, 
Like I could imagine housing and land use having transportation join it. Transformative justice could have immigration join it. Um, so I think it would be kind of cool to have those discussions. And then once we move from the work group phase back into committees, we can discuss, I don't know how that would really work. I don't know if we would need to change the bylaws or something, but it would be kind of cool if we had, um, if we could, now that we're more flexible, we can kind of expand the ranges and then see how that works and where to go from there. Yeah, definitely. I just want to clarify too that um, the the work groups would be like on an unofficial capacity. So um, like a few ideas that we could do is like write help write resolutions that we would then pass in full YC um, or start brainstorming ideas. But from what I'm hearing, yeah, a lot of that work may be shifted over to committees when we have them. But work groups don't necessarily have to fall in those ranges, if that makes sense. Um, Commissioner Elliott. I mean, I feel like this is just kind of connected to TJ and all that stuff, but I'd really, really like to continue work on uh, Vote 16 SF and just keeping that up and running as much as possible, um, especially with our downtime, because last year we ended it seeing what we wanted to do with the rest of the campaign and see if we wanted to do it in the next presidential year or sooner or later and what we wanted um, that to look like. So I'd like that to keep up as much as possible. Um, so we can really stay on that so we can get it passed hopefully soon. Um, yeah. Great. Um, Commissioner Oyegata. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify since it's like my first time hearing about like the process. So it becomes work, work groups and then those work groups become committees, like the same people there then become committees or, or how does it? Yeah, not necessarily from what I know, and staff, you can correct me on this, but um, because we are working, so work groups would be on our personal capacity, personal capacities, um, and that just that just means that there won't be a staff person like clerking. It's about youth development, as Kylie says. Um, but on those in those groups, we will be able to work on different topics that we mentioned before and they can become committees, but they also may not. Um, as I said before, you can kind of work on like say a resolution, a piece of legislation or a campaign. And then if the work group just like is, if the work group ends um, after the piece of resolution or legislation is written um, and that's fine, but we'll likely have similar, if not the same committees that we had in previous years, like once we meet on an official capacity. So housing, land use, transformative justice and okay. engagement, but they're up for discussion. Great, yeah. Know. And on that note, I guess just one suggestion that I heard the idea pop up um, a few weeks ago was getting youth commissioners paid. That would be, that would be an interesting topic to look into. Definitely, yeah. Uh, Commissioner Shu. Um, are we basically brainstorming ideas for potential committees right now? Yeah, like potential groups for us to work in, specifically work groups. Okay, so you want specific ones, correct? As specific or broad as you would like, yeah. Okay, okay, sounds good. So, um, 
what I think is the most important part as of now is uh, I think mental health awareness as well as student governance. Because uh, you do realize many of the campaigns that we're planning to do will not work if we do not have a solid base of uh, students and teachers to support us, right? So I think that that should be an, an urgent issue that we need to work on as a committee. So again, I don't know if that's possible, but like maybe we should create a separate committee dedicated to uh, mental health awareness and student governance. Thank you, Commissioner Shu. Uh, Commissioner Shaw. Um, I have a question, don't mean to be redundant, but um, as far as the work committees go, are we still sticking, would it only be like three work groups or would it be still multiple? Um, if like that makes sense what I'm asking. Yeah, I believe we can have more than three. Um, okay. It's, yeah, it's just our own capacities, but you can also be in more than one, which is different from must. And we're like, okay, thank you. And so will the work groups, will there be intersections in between them or will it just be like one specific issue just focusing on that topic? Does that make sense what I'm asking or is that like? I think I understand your question. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, we're still working out the details of it, but mm -hmm. I foresee that there is a lot of intersection with different aspects, like right. mental health is very much tied to immigration rights, for example. So there can be cross collaboration. Um, yeah. Okay, got it. And just to kind of bounce off of other people's ideas, I really like um, the immigration, um, and also mental health, and then also to the um, youth commissioners possibly having pay. Um, those are thoughts that came to my mind, so I just wanted to second those. Thank you, Commissioner Shaw. Um, any further? I saw um, Gabby, or sorry, Commissioner Listana put into the chat an LGBTQ plus focused work group. Um, yeah, if we could have those in the minutes, that'd be great. Um, perfect. So if there are no further um, suggestions or ideas, if folks are interested in planning out the structure of these work groups, um, you are more than invited to come to our exec meeting. Um, for example, Raven or Commissioner Shaw, sorry, Commissioner Shaw's question, um, about uh, just like the general structure that would be worked out during an exec meeting. So if you would like to come, uh, we have one next Wednesday on the 27th, October 27th. Okay. Um, if there are no further comments or questions, please stop me now if you do. At what time is that meeting next Wednesday? Oh, it is 5 p.m. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Okay, um, generally we would do committee updates here, but because we don't have any further committees, um, OCOF, do you have any updates? Oh, regarding OCOF, um, there's no report. I'm working on getting in contact with the OCOF staff ASAP though. Okay, great, thank you. Uh, staff, can you please call item eight? 
Yes, item eight is staff report. This is discussion only. Um, so a few things to report. Uh, number one is that there are some of you who still haven't turned in your paperwork um, and we need to get that processed ASAP. So if I've already contacted you around your paperwork or filling out the online application, um, please do that this week. Otherwise you will be getting a lot of emails and messages from me. Um, and then also um, there is the Creative Youth Awards. So the Bay Area Creative Foundation is looking for artists, photographers, musicians, composers, filmmakers, and writers at Bay Area high schools. Um, and then last year, over 200 students entered the Creative Youth Awards, and then more, more than 70 received $17,000 in cash awards. Um, so if you're interested in, if you're a creative person yourself, you like to draw, you like to illustrate, um, or you just want to take a stab at something you've never tried, um, the information for that scholarship will be in the minutes. Um, and feel free to share it with your networks. And I think Kylie just put it in the group chat, or I mean in the chat. Um, and then the next uh, kind of staff report thing I have to share is some of you may remember Joy Jackson Morgan from um, Third Street Youth Clinic. Um, and they have shared a job, a paid job opportunity that actually pays very well. Um, and they are looking for a youth leadership and policy advocate. Um, and they're looking for anybody like, I mean, I know some of you are um, out of high school, so your schedules may be a little bit more free. Um, they are prioritizing I mean, from her email, she did say she would like to work with uh, somebody from the Youth Commission. So if you are interested and you have you're looking to take on a full time job in that way, um, let me know. I will also forward the um, job posting to you all um, later this week. And um, yeah, that's the position or a job opportunity. Sorry, I got distracted. Um, and then lastly, um, Kylie is on leave through November 2nd. So if things pop up, please, um, or if you have questions, please direct them towards me um, as um, there will be nobody else to answer your questions. <laughs> um, but that concludes staff report. Just to clarify, it's okay if you... You can text me, that would be okay if it's like a short question, but if it's something more like strategic or very focused, then yeah, please connect with Eatsell. Thank you, staff. Um, can you please call item nine? Yes, item nine is announcements. This includes community events. On, on Halloween itself, the 31st from 3 to 6 p.m., there is a trick-or-treat um, youth sort of centered event on the Great Walkway. Um, I think that they're hoping that there will be like a bouncy castle. I think that they're kind of discussing what that will look like. Um, I'm planning to be there and also hopefully we'll have some sort of booth I'm associated with, but they're trying to like get kids out on the walkway, I think the Youth Commission has previously voted in favor of keeping it as a walkway. So this is a good way to show support. Also just kind of a fun 
um, activity for Halloween to connect with other young people. That's like outdoors, safe, pretty windy all the time. So uh, that also helps with the COVID safety. From three to 6 p.m. Thank you. Um, Christian. Hey, did you say me? Yeah, you cut off, Adriana. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Commissioner Love. Okay, so at India Basin um, Shoreline Park, there will be a family fun day plus a movie night. And on October 23rd, um, the fun day will be a Saturday. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and the movie will start at 6 p.m. Um, there's gonna be sports, food, family resources, all kinds of stuff. Um, just putting that out there, it'll be free and yeah. Thank you for sharing, Commissioner Love. Uh, uh, yeah, this isn't really a like, community announcement but just a reminder to please join the signal chat if you haven't done it already um it's where we can do a lot of our communication um you can vote for the movie for movie night through the chat and just in general if you want um to ask anyone on the commission a question and get a more immediate response then yeah the chat is great. Um, I know, I think that the link has been sent out to everyone in one way or another. And I think most people have joined, but just a reminder for those who haven't. Um, thank you. Oh, never mind. That's something else. Um, yeah, so just please join the signal chat. And again, if you um, don't have the link, then you can text me and I can add you. I can put my number in the chat again. Um, but yeah, that's it for my announcement. Thank you, Commissioner Oswald. Very true. Um, Commissioner Love, your hand is still up, but I'm not sure if it was from earlier. I'm so sorry. I keep leaving it up. I'll take it down. No worries. Adriana, can I do, I put something in the chat. Um, it could be community. So, um, so there's a collaborative effort for anyone that's a city resident between 12 to 17 that you could potentially have your tuition covered at SFC if you've been vaccinated against COVID. Um, so there's a lot of information in this memo that I just put into the chat. So go ahead, take a look, see if you um, are eligible. Um, it's, it's something that you have to enter and, and, and like win. Um, but if you have gotten your, your COVID vaccine and want to attend or plan to attend or hope to attend SF State, go Gators, um, that this is something that you should look into. Thank you, Kylie. Other community announcements? Okay, hearing none. Um, we can move on, but as always, you can feel free to add announcements and updates through Signal between meetings. Um, staff, can you please call item 10? Yes, item number 10 is adjournment. This meeting is adjourned at 6.38 p.m. Thank you. Thank you, Adriana. Thank you, all commissioners. I hope you have a Thank great you. day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Bye bye. Dang, they bounced. Right, they did. Nice job tonight. Thank you, thank you. I'm gonna uh, stop the recording.